This episode is brought to you by our free Flex Guide eBook. Give your application for flexible working the best chance of success with our nine easy steps to follow and information about your entitlements. Go to our website, thejuggle.com.au forward slash flex guide to download the guide. If you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lilovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Joel Lilovich. And Lucy Dickens. Welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. Returning to work after parental leave is something that most women approach with a mix of feelings. You could be super excited or distressed, relaxed, or maybe all of them sometimes all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of everything. Yeah. One of the things that complicates the return to work is that we are often feeling one thing ourselves and then worried about a different thing for our child and perhaps a different thing for other children and our partners. And so there are lots of competing emotions and transitions at play. So today is the first of a two-part episode about returning to work. It's not obviously the first time we've spoken about it on the podcast, but these two episodes are designed to give you not the usual tips and tricks that you might expect. Instead, what we want to talk about today, at least, is about dealing with your own feelings and making sure you have set yourself up for success in the workplace. So not so much what your workplace can do to help you, but what you can do for yourself to set yourself up for success. And then next week, we're going to follow up with another guest who's going to talk to us about what you can do to prepare your child or your children for returning to work, which in most women's lives is a major factor in how they feel about their return to work. That was definitely the hardest bit for me. Yeah. Dealing with the very attached child. <laughs> yeah. And you, you never know how they're going to react, whereas you can control your own emotions a little bit easier. So very speaking true. of transitions... Today's guest is Justine Alter, the co-director of Transitioning Well. Justine and her co-director, Sarah, are both psychologists at their practice, Transitioning Well, and they have a special focus on supporting women and men manage life after significant life events and changes, such as returning to work after parental leave. Welcome, Justine. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you because we've got plenty of questions. Um, Return to work is such a a major issue for mums and we all know the consequences of what happens when you have a poor return to work. You know, people at the worst case can end up with mental health problems. It might be that they quit their jobs. It could be that they have, you know, relationship troubles either with their partners or with children or, or some others. So as a result, we've invited you along today because we would like to get some more information for ourselves and to find out how we can do this in the right way. So can you start by letting us know what you see and hear as the major struggles or concerns from women who are returning to work after parental leave? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest things is a drop in confidence would be the one thing that we definitely see. And that feeling of, you know, I was capable before and I never anticipated feeling this way when I went back. So that takes them by major surprise. And the second one is I didn't know it would be this hard. And I, I, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. So people warned me, but I thought I'd be different, you know, or I thought that my workplace or my manager would be different and that I'd be able to manage this juggle because I'm a capable, confident career person and, and I'm a good mum too. So how is it that I'm not 
able to kind of do them both well together at the same time. That immediately makes me think about when new mums are told this is what it's like to have a new baby and we're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll be fine, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. And then all of a sudden we do have that baby. But I suppose that, and we realise how hard it is, but I suppose the difference here is that, as you said, with work, returning to work, it's something that you've done before. Exactly, but it looks very different, which is why we like to term it all around the aspect of it being transition. We very much focus on the fact that it's that inner process by which you come to terms with that change. And therefore, what, what does that actually mean to me as a person? And my transition process might not be the same as the person next to me. So getting advice from other people is helpful, but it doesn't mean my journey is going to be the same. Yeah, that's a really good point. In my case, I found that a lot of the women who we speak to high standards and high expectations of themselves and like you say they might be successful with at their career and they might be mm-hmm. good mums and so when you put those two things together and then two things that they're doing well together a lot of people are surprised to find that they then struggle with that. Absolutely, which is actually no surprise if you think about it from an equation point of view because you're expected to give 100% to being a mum and expected to give 100% to your workplace, but there is no such thing as 200%. Mm. And so when you try and do it, that's when you get that feeling of, oh, I'm not doing either well. One of the most common things I hear from the women are, you know, I feel like I'm failing at both being a mum and at work. Yes. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk in our Facebook group lately about this idea of failing and managing those feelings. And you know, recently we did another episode on on mum guilt mm. entirely around yeah. that idea that you're not putting enough time or attention yes. in, in all the different areas of your life. Absolutely. And when women return to work, one of the things that really interests me is that when they return, it's not just impacting on them. It's obviously impacting on their children and their partner. And I'm speaking here, obviously, on the assumption that it's the woman who's been at home as the primary caregiver um, and substantially. So do do you think it's women or men who actually struggle more with the return? Oh, that's interesting. Look, I think from the woman's point of view, it's difficult because if they have taken a substantial period of parental leave, which in Australia, the average amount is, you know, anywhere from around eight months, sort of 12 months is common, though, what we're seeing. And their role during that time and their family often adapt to them being at home. Hmm. So the men get used to having that. Yeah. Um, it's particularly the domestic stuff done at home. So I think it's a struggle for the whole family. But I think for the woman herself, unless they discuss those roles clearly before she goes back to work, the assumption still is, oh, well, she was cooking dinner. She was doing the housework. She was managing all of that. And now she's not managing that so well. So how do we actually deal with that as a family? So, I mean, just leading on to that, and you've probably got more questions around that, but that's why it's so important to prepare for that before you go back in. So let's talk about preparation. What kinds of things should we be doing to prepare ourselves and our families and how much of making the return a success, so to speak, comes down to the preparation? Absolutely. Look, I think it's a huge amount and I'll go back a step even more. I believe transitioning out of the workplace well in the first place Mm. is actually a step before that, which we do um, cover a lot. But just in terms of that, if that is done well, it often prepares well for a successful return back. When you speak about that transitioning out of work... Yes. Are you talking about what the woman needs to do in her workplace or are you also Mm. suggesting that there needs to be some transitioning at home as well? Both. Both. Absolutely. Particularly on the home front, if we want to target that, you know, for today's purposes. Definitely. In terms of, you know, what are your hopes and dreams as a mum and what are your hopes and dreams as a partner and mother to that specific child? And what does your world then look like in being a wife or a partner whilst you're on parental leave? What does that mean for your family? And therefore, you know, if you've done that well in preparing to go off, what is that going to look like when you go back? 
So those conversations with partner with your partner around what are our roles going to be when we go back, who's actually going to be responsible for the daycare pickup or who's going to be responsible even for things like the home admin, which I know, you know, we can take about men. Ah, don't we all? And I mean, <laughs> mental overload is a key topic these days of the, you know, the fact of the woman just being the one to carry that load in their heads. Mm-hmm. So having that conversation before you go back of, well, is it always going to be on me to pack the swimming bag, you know, or is it always going to be on me to buy the birthday gifts or plan the social life? Or I know you're, we're all laughing because we live it every day. But just bringing that to the, you know, to the fore for the women themselves to have those conversations early. And I believe doing it with the birth of your first child is the best thing that you can do. And I mean, I often speaking from personal experience now with three kids think, gee, what, why didn't I do that 14 years ago? Yeah. Because you take on that role naturally. And particularly when you're at home, it becomes even more natural. My husband and I had lots of those types of conversations with our first child and you may not know, but I'm halfway through my pregnancy with my second and we oh, haven't No, I can't see correct. No, you can't see. <laughs> yes. We haven't had a yes. single conversation about yes. what are our lives gonna look like mm. and that's a bit weird given how much we talked about it before. Yes. But what I did find, and this has really stuck with me, and this is something that you just touched on, is that I actually had no idea. I thought that this might be how I would like my life to look but Mm. I think until you actually have a child especially the first one you don't actually know how you're going to feel or what life will look like or how you will find motherhood or whether you will even want to return to work or all those kinds of questions yeah absolutely I agree which is often why we say you know even the best intended plans may change but I think starting those conversations is what's really important and just being open with the communication with your partner around that. But particularly when you do go back to work, by that point, you do know you've made the decision to go back in. And, you know, so what does that mean? for you and for your family? How can you prepare for that at home? And, and aside from that, the other preparation things that are just important are the daily juggle of, of even things like cooking and the domestic duties and who's going to do that. I mean, we know that the statistics show, and Annabelle Crabb talks about this, is, um, you know, even when men and women are working the exact same amount of hours outside of the home, the women are still doing 85% of the domestic duties, which is a huge statistic. It's huge. It is huge. This whole idea of having conversations, you know, whether it be with your your partner or your employer, is mm. it's just really seems to come up time and again. And Lucy and I often talk about the idea of managing expectations. Yes. And obviously you can't manage them if you don't know what they are in the first place. And I often have found with the women that I've had conversations with and even my own personal experience that where someone's returning to work, there seems to be an idea that you don't really know. So you just kind of have that suck it and see approach. You know, I'm going to go and I'm going to return and I'm going to sort of see what falls out of it. Mm. And it does tend to be that attitude that it's only after they've kind of been back for, I don't know, six months, 12 months, maybe even in some cases, a couple of years that they suddenly go, oh, this is not what I want it to look like. And I didn't have that conversation and now I need to have it. Yes. So I might be skipping ahead here a bit, but we can go backwards and forwards. Yeah. You know, what happens to someone who's in that situation where they've, you know, they've returned and it's later down the track when they've gone. Absolutely. What do I do? Yes. And look, that does happen and it happens often. And I guess what it is about then saying is to stop and reflect on, okay, well, what is it that I actually do want out of it? What's working for me and what's not working? And do I need to be firmer on boundaries? 
So, I, you know, I think boundaries is a huge part of this conversation, which, you know, in, in preparing women well, if done at the beginning, can be great. But it's never too late to put boundaries in place. It's never too late to reassess and say, what are my non-negotiables? Um, have my needs changed? You know, which is the reason that we are entitled in Australia to request flexibility whilst we have school-aged children. You know, that spans a great amount of years, if you think about it, because yes. your needs do change as your children grow. And it might be that you reflect later saying, well, actually, you know what, I do want to once a week be there for ballet class. Or So what does that mean? How do I approach that from a work perspective? And what is that going to look like from a home perspective? Mm. Yeah. One of the struggles that you identified at the very beginning was confidence. You mentioned mm. that. Mm. What are some things we can do that women can do who are struggling with confidence when they return to work, whether that's confidence in their role as a mother or confidence as, as an employee or any other aspect mm. of their life? Mm. Look, I think being aware of the confidence thing is the first step, which a lot of women are not. It tends to take them by surprise. And so I think just having that conversation of, look, this might happen, it may not happen to you, but it is common and lots of other women do feel this way is the first acknowledgement of it. And just being kind to yourself and understanding that transition is that process. One of the things I say all the time is it's going to take time. It's not something that happens overnight. You're going to go back to work and the next day your neurons are going to be firing at full pace. Sometimes it does take time for you to remember Remember what it's like to even use that side of your brain. What I say to clients often, and it's not that I like to compare pregnancy to an injury because I certainly don't, but what we do know is that when someone gets injured in the workplace, they often go back with the return to work coordinator, they get life duty, they get checked on, they get flexible arrangements, all of that. When you come back from a, a t- period of time off, which is sometimes 12 months, mm. um, you get nothing returning from parental leave. If you're lucky enough to, you know, to have something like our coaching, fantastic, but there are a number of organisations that don't provide that. So just being kind to yourself and saying, I understand this might take time and I can be kind to myself and expect that I'm not going to be at full pace might just help that confidence to grow again. Okay. So I'm going to take you back Yeah, because I took you forward. (laughs) Yeah. So we've talked about transitioning out of work. Let's go back now to talking about transitioning back into work. Yep. Do you have a couple of standard things that you suggest that people do yes yeah look the first one would be from a practical organizational point of view what we would say is let's look at your financial situation is there anything you can outsource to begin with all for outsourcing you know because it, it is about okay well and and also if that works what does that look like because the common thing we hear is i don't want my weekends to just become that i'm cleaning and cooking yes. and preparing for the week and groundhog day and here we go again so yeah. it is about how can i make that time quality time and particularly for women returning full-time who really feel like their time with their families is so precious Mm. what is that actually going to look like so things you know things like online shopping app groups between you and your partner that you can communicate on to get stuff delivered or you know anything work for me yeah it wouldn't work my husband is not (laughs) ticking Right, Joe, you've got a cleaner. Joe, Joe I have, I have. A cleaner. We convinced her. Oh, we're all yeah. for cleaners. We're all for cleaners. <laughs> but, you know, even if it's even if you're not techie, then that, um, I think that's a great point, Joe, because then it is, well, what does work for my family mm. and my partner? You know, because if we're not like the people next door, then what can we do? You know, what, yes. what will work for us? Yes. Yeah, those are just things on a practical front. The other thing is also we always recommend ramping back in if you can. And this comes also, I mean, I know we're talking about the women themselves, but if you can request with your employer, particularly if you're going back full time to at least ease your way back in for a couple of weeks or months or whatever works for you, Mm. um, I think that is a really good stepping stone and way to, to get used to being at work again and to manage that juggle. 
can you give us some suggestions of ways that women could approach that with their employer or different techniques yeah. that, that yeah. you've seen that people have found useful there? Look, absolutely. I think, again, it goes back to transitioning out well if you do have the same manager of raising those conversations early. But even if you don't, if it is something just on coming back in, have those conversations before you want to come back. So, you know, within the last three or four months of your mat leave, and this is where keeping touch becomes really vital and a very big part of this process. Um, if you've kept in touch well and you've done those days and you know what you're going back to, it makes that conversation a lot easier to say, look, I'd like to come back on a project or can I come back and use some keep in touch days initially, you know, and what might that look like for the team? Mm. Keeping in touch days is something that gets debated a bit Mm. and I definitely kept in touch when I was on maternity leave, although I must say that by the third child it was less than it was with the first. Um, But there's also some concerns that have been raised around the idea that for some people it's harder than others. You know, they don't have support with childcare or they have a child that doesn't allow them to leave. Difficulty being able to, for example, go into the office or whatever. Can you comment on some different ways that people have kept in touch? Absolutely. And I mean, this is one that I think women aren't creative enough around. So first of all, I mean, but legislation allows us 10 days per year. They don't say you have to use it as a day on its own. You can use a couple of hours here and here or there. Um, you can also dial in if you know that your baby's going to be asleep and you know, you know, that you can try and, and dial into a meeting. That's a creative way of doing it. Um, and you can certainly, you know, if your baby does wake up and, and cries, we're all human. And you can always just say at that meeting, you know what, this isn't working for me today. I've tried, but it's not going to work. So, or you can come in for part of a, let's say there's a planning day or a people day or something like that. You can ring ahead, make sure maybe you can bring the baby with you for part of that, or just come in for the part that's really important and make sure that there's somewhere to feed. Again, I think the preparation around it and the communication with your manager is what's so vital to make you feel comfortable to be able to use them to the best of your ability. Yeah, it sounds like it comes back to confidence again. It does. I took Lily to work with me when she was a baby and the first couple of times that I was might be with a client and she cried, I was like, oh, you know, you kind of feel conflicted. I'm supposed to be here with you, but I've got this baby and clearly she's my priority. Yeah. But at least in my case, I found the more I just got on with it, the less worried I became about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So sometimes it's a just do it and try and keep trying exactly. and... Exactly. And I mean, from a culture point of view, the more we all do it, the more accepted it becomes. And if you've got people, you know, that this is where, you know, it comes back to manager capability and, and so important to have role models at the top who can role model down for us. You know, if you see your CEO doing it, it makes you more confident and comfortable to at least try. Mm-hmm. I think about being creative around it is really important to not think you're structured to specific and you have to do a whole day. You know, you certainly can log hours at a time. Yes. So do you think that there are different strategies that need to be applied to different people? Obviously, aside from the fact that we know we're all individuals, but in terms of broader categories like primary caregivers versus the other parents. So it may have been that when a primary caregiver, say a woman has been off work completely for 12 months Mm -hmm. and when she returns, her and her husband are trying to do some transitioning. So is there different strategies that you would recommend for her versus for him? Are there different strategies for perhaps when a man has been the primary caregiver? Do you see that men need different kind of strategies to apply? 
I do. I mean, I think, look, in the last sort of two years, we've seen such an amount of growth of men taking the primary mm. carers leave, which is just unbelievable. I mean, it's exciting in Australia that that's where we're actually heading. But I think what we're failing to do and, and hope, you know, transitioning while we're trying to do more of this is to deal with that dual transition, particularly of when the woman is coming back and the man is then taking it. So what we're seeing a common theme of is, let's say, the woman taking primary carers leave for the first nine months yes. and then coming back and the man taking those last three months yes that can be really tricky because what we're seeing is a the woman is coming back with almost a wife at home yeah which is fantastic but it yeah. sets her as much as it sets you up well for work and it does because you get to go back in you're not doing daycare drop-offs you if you've spoken with your husband and, and set up your roles well your husband's doing a great job and maybe he's even doing all those domestic duties that you were and it's almost that false sense of i can do this you know i've got this and it's great and then what you find is at 12 months that both of you go back to work and it's that second step of the transition. Mm. And that's where we're finding support is really needed for both parties. Mm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know if I've digressed a bit from your question because I do think men need a different support if they're taking the primary care as leave as well, just from a support point of view because they don't have mother's groups and they don't have that general acceptance. There is still a little bit of, oh, you're at the park with your baby, yes. you, baby you know, you, aren't you a great dad? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we've still got that hump to get over. We had a great <laughs> yeah. couple in my mother's group um, yeah. and she was a pilot or she is a pilot and he's yeah. a firefighter. So right. two shift work. Yeah careers both of them were caring for the children and it would often be him who would come to play group for the week and we were fine he was fine but he was on one out you know and I think there is an element of feeling that way definitely and we've got a long way to go on that I mean I'm pleased to see steps are being made for that but I, I do think there needs to be more of that external support for men and how can they get that well and I've got more and more of my female clients asking me what can I do to help my husband he's going to be taking primary carers leave what should I do so it, it is again about and I mean also we know that males are inherently bad at help seeking behavior yes so if they are struggling mentally they're not necessarily going to name it so yes. I think it's, it's our role as women to make sure that mentally they are protected so let's add something else to our mental load then, hey? Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah. I think it's great that those women are foreseeing that maybe this won't be as easy as their husbands think. And so they're already looking up them. But yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe you're yeah. right. Just, maybe it's just yeah. another thing. It is. It is. It is another thing. Oh, well. Yeah. So it happens to all of us. There are points where we get overwhelmed, mm. all of it. What are your big suggestions around dealing with that? The first thing I'd say, take a step back and actually be kind to yourself, which I know sounds like a cliche, but I really do believe it. And I loved it when Libby Trickett came out a few years ago and said, I realised you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. Because as women, we are the first ones to say, the baby's got to be okay, my partner's got to be okay, the family's got to be okay, work's got to be okay. And before you know it, you're running at empty. And yeah, which is, is daily for a lot of us. So when that happens, you're not being selfish in taking a step back saying, what do I actually need to care for myself here? Mm. You know, is it that I need to request flexibility from work? Is it that I just need a massage? Is it that I need lunch with a girlfriend? Is it, you know, what needs to happen here to get me back on track? And the other thing I would say is remember that we're all juggling balls all the time, mm. but they're not made of glass. 
Yeah. So if they're on the floor, it's actually okay. And I can't tell you how many clients I had to actually at this point try and visualise bending down and picking up that ball going, no, I need to pick it up. But you know what? If it sits there for a couple of days, if your washing isn't up to date the way it should be, or you know what, sometimes you need to get Uber Eats or take away, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. So, it, you know, but we're just, we're very quick to look at the people next to us and think that they're doing it so much yes. better or they're managing it. And my, my firmest thing that I can say to people is we're all walking into to work with an invisible backpack every single day mm. and you don't know what's in that it doesn't necessarily mean a return from parental leave it could be anything yeah but the more that we can be vulnerable with that and say it's okay to not be coping every day the better we're going to be yeah. yeah yeah comparison can be really harmful because a lot of women do look at the people next door and say well why is she managing but not only do we not know what that other woman is going through in terms of what she's struggling with we also don't necessarily know what extra support she's got either or what support she may have that we don't absolutely yeah and also what her priorities are mm-hmm. yeah and our priorities are all different and that's yeah. why it's so important not to judge others i mean just on that comparison thing i think one of the best quotes i heard around that was comparison is the thief of happiness yeah. and i just love that it just resonates so strongly because we are, we're so quick to look at the people next to us. But supports is a massive one that you mentioned. I mean, in, in preparing to go back to work that just, you know, going back to almost three or four questions ago, mm-hmm. um, if you don't have support, then one of the things I definitely say is how can we create it? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, over the years, we've lost our village, you know, although, you know, many, 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 many generations ago, it took a village to raise a child and we accepted that and we lived with our elders and, you know, whatever that might be. And now we, we're very dislocated as communities. Yeah. So how do we create that? Is it through mothers groups? Is it through, you know, what extra help can we get ourselves? How can we create that? Can you answer that question? We've got a lot of women in our Facebook group whose partners Mm -hmm. work FIFO or work away or maybe who are around but maybe don't have immediate family who Mm -hmm. live close by, friends are working, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. How can we create? support network look the first and foremost is um you know trying to the the council will provide a mother's group so at least doing that or starting activities with your child like a mother baby yoga group or something like that to just build friendships around that but i think the onus is on workplaces i also believe to be doing more Mm. to be creating those informal mum-to-mum networks that, that you can provide at work and mentors who can assist you with that sort of thing. And if that's not enough, then there are, I don't know if it exists in Perth, but I know in Melbourne there's a great program that's called Caring Mums, I think it's called, and it's actually where you get, um, you get a volunteer who comes and visits you oh, almost lovely. like a mum. Yeah, and a couple of my clients have used it mm. where they, you know, you just get someone, to, it's company basically, yeah. and someone yeah. who can come and just support you kind of through that but yeah absolutely and I mean in terms of your own mental health as well in regards to postnatal issues there are certainly many resources these days that we I mean COPE we obviously work we work very closely with the Centre of Perinatal Excellence so COPE is a great one to look to in terms of how, what do I need to do to take care of myself and what can I do hmm. yeah yeah we always like to ask our guests what words they live by oh gosh that one you should have prepared me for. I think just living each day. I really do believe that, you know, a lot of that, and I mean, particularly you've caught me at a good time of coming back from three weeks of leave on the most incredible family holiday. And I really have just come back with this attitude of, you know, you get one life. Yeah, and you just have to live it. And if that means that some days, uh, you know, the juggle's not going to be as easy as other days, well, you know, that's kind of it. Yeah, brilliant. And if you have to choose just one piece of advice that you would give to women who are returning to work, what would it be? What's the most important piece? 
I would say have that conversation. Don't make assumptions. Ask. Don't assume anything and prepare. That really would be the most important message. Brilliant. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And we're going to let everyone know that if they would like to learn any more about you or what Transitioning Well is doing, that they should go to your website, which is transitioningwell.com.au and they can explore your one-on-one or group training programs there. And of course, they can also find you on LinkedIn and Facebook and we're going to put all the links in the show notes to the episode so they can easily find them. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Being here. Okay. That's all from The Juggle today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating and let us know what you think. Leaving a review helps other people to find out about our show. And if you want to come and tell us what your return to work was like or perhaps come and ask for some extra tips, then join us in our Facebook community. Just go to Facebook and search for The Juggle Community in Groups. See you next time. Happy juggling. Happy juggling.